Welcome to Tax Strategy Digest, where we explore the fascinating world of finance. Join us as we dive into the stories, insights, and experiences of experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who are making a difference in this field. Through engaging conversations and thought-provoking discussions, we'll take a deep dive into the latest research, trends, and innovations shaping finance. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new on this exciting journey with us today. Our guest is Patrick Roberts, who is a licensed attorney for over 21 years, has over two decades of real estate and business ownership, is an experienced car wash operator, and is currently working as a business broker selling hotels, car washes, professional practices, and other businesses. Great to have you here, Patrick. Fantastic to be here, Paul. Thanks so much for having me. Definitely. And uh, Patrick, I'll let you go ahead and as we get started here, you can tell us a little bit about your story, your upbringing, and how you got to where you are now. Okay, great. So, uh, interestingly, I, I, I'm, I'm originally from Jamaica. Uh, I know you hear the accent, right? Um, uh, grew up in Brooklyn, actually. Moved to Brooklyn when I was, I think, about five or six years old. Um, high school there, and then went off to college in Maryland. Um, I'm a Johns Hopkins Blue Jay, still a diehard lacrosse fan. Um, ironically, I ended up going to Duke, another lacrosse school, but really more so so I could watch some basketball games. Um, law school at Duke, graduated, and I've been practicing for, as you said, about uh, actually just a little over 21 years, actually a little over 20 years. I think it's 20, 20 years. I'm not even sure. It, it all runs together after a yep. while. Um, I actually owned uh, two law firms, two litigation law firms simultaneously in I've actually been in the process of exiting those firms as I move over into the car wash space, uh, the business brokerage space, uh, pretty much full time. So um, uh, a big change, but definitely exciting. Awesome. And, and what is it about the car wash space that you find so attractive? Well, you know, I actually had been um, I'm invested in, in real estate for 20 plus years. Uh, I started in rental homes, um, then went into multifamily and apartments and, um, and actually owned a mobile home park for over a decade as well. And I found that um, a lot of times you, you really couldn't count on the, uh, the, manu the, uh, the rental properties or uh, multifamily to be consistent when it came to cash flow. One year could be great. The next year, tenants kick a hole in the wall and, you know, do all kinds of other things that we can't speak of on 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 you know family programming, right? <laughs> and and then basically your your projections, your cash flow, all out the window. You know, still a great asset class. Don't you know? To be sure, I made a lot of money in in multifamily and with the apartments, but I wanted more consistency. I was looking for something else that was, I guess, a little off the beaten path, right? Um, and you know, in, in twenty twenty. I saw, I expected, uh, you know, rate increases. I was way ahead of, you know, the curve. I, you know, Mr. Powell and I didn't see eye to eye on that, but I, I just felt like rates were just too low for too long. You know, having been through da uh, multiple downturns, I thought there's no way we're going to be able to stay at, you know, three, four percent, five percent, you know, sub five. It just didn't seem right. So I sold my apartment complexes. Okay. And then I was looking for something else. And I've I, I'd always been interested in, in the car wash space. Um, to be specific, I do not do the standard things that I think many people are familiar with, like express car washes or full service, okay? Express car washes, we all know you get a membership, 
you can wash unlimited, you know, the vacuums are generally free. That's not what I do uh, because, that, because that space is also crowded. The multifamily space had gotten crowded. The apartment space remains crowded. Everyone's syndicating, right? I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure you're syndicating too. You just haven't told me yet, right? So, <laughs> you know, basically yeah. at this point, I'm looking for something new. In 2020, I, I, I buy my first car wash. It's, you know, it's one of the ones where it's called self-service, one of the, the locations where you the, the, the user does everything themselves, you know, use the wand, you know, vacuum the car themselves, all those things. We've all seen them, right? They, they usually, you drive by them, you wonder, you know, should you stop or might, would you, you know, is there a possibility you might get robbed? I mean, you're just not really sure which, what your alternatives are. So you see them, you think maybe someone's making money, but you're not sure, they're never super packed. And, but they're always there, right? I got into one of those and it's one of the best investments I've ever owned. I've owned, you know, 40, 50 different types of apartments. I also did commercial, still have some commercial buildings, um, commercial office space, but this is the most consistent cash flow um, I've ever encountered, okay? It's not recurring in the sense that there's a subscription, but the customers are loyal. As long as you have equipment that's working, you're in a solid location, have good visibility. Uh, you know, they come week in, week out, day in, day out. Uh, you know, you can kind of predict your revenue stream based on seasons. I mean, when it's pollen season, everyone's there. You know, when it's summer and the people are traveling, bugs are on the car. They're coming to clean the car off from bugs. I've got a lot of boaters who come and they, they scrub down their boats after they've been on the lake or... You know, it's just a very easy to run and very predictable business. And when we're talking cash flow, we're literally talking cash flow, like, you know, dollars, coins, you know, there's something about having that money in hand. You know, I, I own the mobile home park, so I certainly know about collecting cash too, but not like this. This is, this is a different dynamic completely. Nice. And, and so... Let me ask you this, is it mostly absentee for all of these or is yours completely absentee? Kind of what's your level of um, involvement? I, I practice law. I can't fix anything, okay? <laughs> I mean, you know, when I, I, when, I, when I tell you I go to my washes, I, I don't actually know how to use most of the equipment at the wash. I'm not lying. This is not like, this is not made for television, my friend. I am telling you the truth. I, I have no idea how to use most of the equipment and so I try not to touch anything because I, I feel like I'll just break it. I've got like the reverse Midas touch, you know. So um, basically, it's it's for me, it's almost all absentee. I've set up a system where I monitor everything either, you know, on my phone or on my on my laptop. So I'm on the cameras, you know, uh, we've configured all the equipment, the vacuums, the, the uh, bays, the wash bay equipment. It counts the money counts the coins, it counts the, the change that goes in, um, and it counts the credit card transactions. So I can know in real time at any given location how I'm doing, and I'm about two hours away from my closest wash. And typically I visit maybe, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say basically around uh, maybe once every two months, I've gone as many as four months without going to visit. Uh, I'm not I'm not advocating that. That's not probably not good management, but that's the truth. I, I just, there's sometimes I simply don't go, you know, uh, but I have a team in place. And that's one of the keys. If you, you know, if you develop when you develop a system and you have the right people, 
you kind of have to network a little bit, you know, as with everything, if you, if you're running an apartment complex and you get a great property manager, you can, you can rest assured that everything's taken care of, right? You get your statements, you, you'll get your, 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 um, you know, reports on who's late or, you know, evictions and all those sorts of things. And you can live in, you know, Oregon and, and run it and run a property in, in New York, but it, it's, it's much the same, uh, except car washes are a little bit more hands-on. Um, you need to have people there every single day. Okay. Because things break, um, people complain about, you know, equipment that's not working. Things need to be fixed. Cleaning needs to happen just to make sure, um, there's no real marketing involved at all. There's, I mean, frankly, I've never spent a marketing dollar in any of these places, but you've got to make sure the curb appeal and the cleanliness is maintained. As long as that happens, you're in great shape. Okay. And uh, what about tax advantages? Are there any tax advantages for investing in car washes? Well, thanks to our former president, um, a fantastic man, if I do say so myself, when it comes to taxes, uh, the bonus depreciation gift continues to give, um, you know, time and again, as you, you're, you're a tax guy, so you'll appreciate this. Um, you know, until last year, we had 100% bonus depreciation. So, and, and to be honest with you, I didn't buy it for this reason. I actually stumbled on this when my accountant told me and he had to revive me afterwards, you know, kind of slapped me a few times when I was on the floor. <laughs> I mean, I, I knew about bonus depreciation, but I, I kind of assumed the car washes were basically real estate. So you'd have to do a cost segregation analysis. You'd get maybe three or you know, 30, 40% off the off the cost seg. And it still would be good, but not like this, right? Under the code, um, depending on how your accountant wants to, to allocate your your, you know, the, the different assets at the at the car wash, anything that's not dirt can be written off. So for me and my accountant, we're aggressive. We write off 90% of a purchase price, um, or at least allocate 90% to equipment. The building, uh, technically, the, the way the code uh, deals with car washes, they treat car washes like they're gas stations, right? Structurally, they sort of look similar, right? You know, the little the pillars and the awning and, and overhang and everything. But essentially, the building is is depreciable uh, at a 15 year uh, rate or less. Uh, the wiring, the plumbing, all of the equipment, 15 years or less. As long as it's 15 years or less under the under the code. You can take the bonus in year one. So I was buying property and then literally writing off 90% of the purchase price in year one. Wow. Um, things have changed a little bit uh, this year. Now we're down to 80%. And so there's a little bit of a step down. But if you do the math and take allocate 10% to the land, we're talking about an additional 72% of the purchase price still can be depreciated in 2023, which is... We won't complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and for your listeners, I, I'm sure they're thinking, well, why don't I own one of these? You know, let me call. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's a it's a class, it's an asset class that's been ignored. And you know, private equity is very heavily involved in the express model, you know, and that's how things differ. The the self-serve model has not been um there haven't been any roll-ups yet. They're not any, there aren't any funds that I'm aware of, any serious funds really trying to accumulate these in 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 large numbers okay but express models you know they've been do they've been taking advantage of these things but when the pe guys go in they they buy it or they build and then they sell the land and continue to run the business 
And that may or may not have the same types of advantages. I guess it really depends on whether they hold on to the equipment and consider that to be a, an asset on their books or whether the seller or the buyer who purchases the property also owns not only the, the dirt, but also the equipment. Then in that case, the buyer is getting the, the tax advantage and the operator is simply running you know, a going concern. Um, in this case, when you're running a self-serve, you're running the going concern, but you're also able as the owner of the property in most cases to, to take those tax advantages as well. Awesome. And then straying a little off the car washes, uh, maybe so aside from those, where would you start investing your money right now that would kind of provide that maximum cash return and, and maximum tax benefit? What are some alternatives? So I think right now in, in April of 23, I'm, I'm very, very cautious. Okay. Um, I have, as I said, I sold all of my apartments. I'm not in the apartment space anymore, um, but I see opportunities and this is going to sound counterintuitive. We all know that offices and office buildings are really not a good class to be in right now. You know, right. um, lots of vacancies, the whole work from home trend has really been difficult to say the least for investors. But I think that when you consider um, the medical office class A space, that's a different animal completely. You can't diagnose from the house, right? <laughs> you know, there, there's telemedicine, that's, that's great for, for the sniffles and, you know, maybe a headache or something and maybe some psych, you know, psychiatric care, but, you know, a doctor needs to be hands-on, a chiropractor needs to be hands-on, a dentist, you know, if, unless AI and, and technology can figure out how to send a robot to your house and extract teeth, <laughs> maybe someday we can do the Jetson thing possibly, but not happening these days, right? I think there's a lot of opportunity if I'm not in the car wash space, not the same level of cash flow, but a good consistent cash flow when you buy uh, class A uh, medical office spaces, you know, triple net type leases that, you know, guarantee your cash flow. Doctors need, aren't going anywhere. You know, the typical doctor, I think, stays in their office space, you know, at least 10 years, sometimes decades, unless they're going out and buying their own space. That's the only time they would vacate it. They have a good location. They're going to remain. Their patients, um, you know, get accustomed to the location. They know where to go every year, every couple of months. That's where they go. It's a good space. They can't work from home, so you don't have that issue. And normally, the real estate is close to a hospital. You know, something that's an anchor, um, almost akin to a shopping center. You know, you you want to be in sort of the medical park or or in that sort of vicinity. So I see, I see the, uh, the, the medical uh, triple net opportunities. And of course, then you can take a cost segregation analysis and write off 30, 40% of your purchase. It's not, the, it's not the greatest, but it's certainly attractive nonetheless. I think obviously your, uh, your listeners and, and anyone trying to take advantage, of course, have some restrictions unless they qualify as a real estate professional, but that's a different conversation. I, I still, I still see that though as, as being a good viable alternative if you're if you're not in the car wash space. Nice. And um, outside of the medical profession, um, what are some of the other best business opportunities um, you're seeing right now as a business broker? Um, to be honest, 
I, I will tell you there is a there's a huge huge opportunity in a couple of areas. I I, I really like hotels. Um, we are you know we're in the the process of you know reinvigorating the the hotel industry. I mean, COVID decimated it. Uh, people weren't really traveling. Business travels not back yet. Okay, and so I think hotel prices are a little depressed. I think there are opportunities to get you know, a quality acquisition now um, in the major metros, in the in the destination areas where lots of commerce takes place, lots of tourism, and then ultimately sort of wait and ride the wave up as business travel eventually comes back. You know, I'm not a firm believer in the the idea that you can do business from a distance. You know, you you you've got to at some point, you know, for the for the quality deals, for the larger deals, you've got to, you know, They've got to be face-to-face -face interaction. That you've got to eyeball a person. You've got to sit down, have those discussions when you're negotiating real deals. Those things need to be done face-to-face. -face. They can't be done by Zoom. And so I think there's going to be incredible and continue to be incredible opportunities in hotels. I have a lot of off-market hotel deals that, that 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 I'm looking at that are available, but it requires the right buyer. You know. Um, but going back to the, the the theme of your show with the whole tax advantage opportunity, anyone with 1031 money can do quite well in, in hotels, right? There's going to be this massive, uh, you know, bonus depreciation opportunity. I mean, think about the, the, the numbers we're talking with hotels, 60, you know, 100 million, low end, 10 million, 15 quality numbers for someone looking to to try to get the you know the tax advantage but the income's also very consistent you know certain brands are just known to have very low default rates i was looking at um i think a, it was an sba list uh it was either yesterday or the day before and, and it was top 10 franchises that uh with the lowest default rates and I expected to see a lot of the small players, you know, the the subways of the world. But, uh, you know, Hampton Inn, Holiday Inn, those were on the list. Super 8 was on the list wow. in the top 10, which is pretty incredible, frankly. Um, huge opportunities in hotels. That's one of the perfect absentee type dynamics. You, you buy the hotel, you hire a quality management team, and you just sit back and, and, and enjoy the, the, the perks. Um, accounting firms, ironically, something people wouldn't think of, as they say, what's the only thing that's sure? Death and taxes, right? Yep. <laughs> the IRS is about to get about, what was it, $80 billion in new funding, primarily for enforcement. Period. I rest my business case on that alone. I mean, I don't even think you need to go any further. They're going to get $80 billion to hire an army of people to go in and, and, and hunt through tax returns, okay? Big, small, and indifferent. Small businesses, you know, uh, high net worth, and in your case, for your viewers, probably ultra high net worth individuals, um, all of those folks should be very concerned, okay? And that means that their, their accountants need to be extremely good. And what I'm seeing, is a lot of uh, you know a lot of private equity. Frankly, a lot of family offices are acquiring accounting firms, rolling them up, building larger entities, and and 
strategically, it makes sense. But from a business standpoint and, and, and a necessity standpoint, it's going to make sense, too, because if you've got a, a large family office uh, client portfolio as a, um, you know, you know, as an as an advisor, you're going to need a firm with the ability to scale and deal with the complexity of their profile and their portfolio. And one guy or one gal or, you know, a small team of people, they're not going to be able to do that, you know, and even the big four or big three or whatever number, whatever number we're at at this point, they can't do it all either. Right. And, and frankly, you know, a lot of, you know, ultra high net worth folks, a lot of high net worth folks don't really want to deal with the big box, if you will, um, firms, they want the, they want the personalized attention. They want to be able to call someone and know that their call will be taken and not like return when you're in the queue, you know, just kind of things are just, you know, that's just not the level we play on. So, you know, uh, accounting firms are, are huge. I'm actually um, selling and, and seeing a lot of law firms uh, for much the same reason. On the tax side, on the, the HR side, uh, on the business law side, um, even on the estate planning side, a lot of need for lawyers. And there's going to be, I think, a movement of firms. Um, you know, there was a big consolidation among the biggest firms for probably about, about uh, you know, 10, 15 years. I think at the next tier down and even the tier below that, you're going to see consolidation because it's going to be necessary for the, you know, the, those smaller players to be able to compete. Gotcha. And so you're, it sounds like what you're trying to say is get a good CPA, get someone who's a good accountant, get, get your team in order. It sounds like what I'm trying to say is if you, if you're up against an $80 billion um, force, you better have some, you know, uh, you better have some frontline soldiers of your own, right? I mean, it's, it almost feels like you were, I don't know if you watched Lord of the Rings and, you know, the, the, the third battle for Gondor or what have you. And it's like a billion orcs and like six guys <laughs> behind a wall. That's kind of what's coming, you know? Um, and you've got to be prepared. I mean, and, and so it, it, it's actually interesting. I don't know that many of the, um, the family offices that are buying accounting firms are really buying them for their own service. But it's it's not a bad idea to own your own accounting firm so that you have a, your personal team, you know, at hand to address any issues that may come up. I mean, you know, the tax code is complex and, you know, who knows with, you know, who knows how more complex it's going to be in the next like five to seven years. But with the enforcement effort coming, I think that's a that's a big reason for people to be concerned. I agree, a hundred percent. And uh, let's see. So, I know we're we're big on car washes. Do you personally, um, kind of getting back to that, but do you personally have any uh, material or guidance or, or structure for anyone watching who's saying, "Hey, I want to get into this"? Uh, maybe they're gonna try and call you. Maybe they want you to be their broker to help them out getting started in buying their first car wash. What what would you advise of them, or do you have anything in place that might help? Yeah, so um, actually, I am now coaching people on how to uh, buy, fund, fix, run car washes. Um, nice you know, boy. 
I, I, I'm, it's my new system. Uh, I have a coaching program. I don't do it with a lot of people. I mean, I limit the, the cohorts to a very small group. I'm looking for <clears throat> experienced investors, qualified um, people who are really committed to learning. Uh, but they work directly with me to to learn how to do you know exactly what I do to evaluate deals, to find hidden gems, and and to be able to get you know maximum ROI. You know I've got a um, you know I've got a, a wash that I I actually revised and brought back to life in September of of last year, and I was able to triple the uh, the revenue in just you know three months time at this wash that's been around for 40 plus years because when you make the right repairs you're able to really get you know a lot of benefit out of it so you know um actually created just because i knew we were we were going to be chatting i created a page just so folks could uh to, could reach me my domain is carwashwealth.com backslash podcast so Perfect. if someone wants to uh make contact with me they you know for you know the purpose of me coaching them Get on that site, fill out the, the form and the information, set up a call. And, you know, I or someone on my team, we can we can chat with you and and get things going. Um, but if someone's looking for, you know, an acquisition, they're welcome to, you know, give me a call. I'm, you know, I'm happy to share my email or uh, my phone number. I don't know if you want me to do that or however. Yeah, Patrick, you can do that now. And I can also include it uh, okay. right below so that anybody reading or. Um, who who tech, checking out the YouTube video, they can see it directly as well. Sure. So anyone who wants to reach me, my number is 212-933-9696. That's my direct cell. Anyone who wants to email me, it's patrick.roberts at headstone.com. And you know, I'm always available for, for conversation. I have a lot of listings that are off market in a variety of areas, the car wash area, as I mentioned, hotels. Um, people can just give me a shout and I'm um, happy to chat with them. Accounting firms, law firms, lawyers, call me. You're, you're going to need to to bone up because the you know, IRS is coming, you know. Um, so it, it'll be a great um, and I'm happy to chat with anyone who wants to talk, um, talk taxes. I I am a big tax guy. I'm a big deferred sales trust guy. I love I love nice. the, I love it. It's just it's just one of those things. I don't hate the IRS, but I don't feel like I need to give them all of my money either, right? right? And yeah. you know, the law says you have the right to use the code appropriately. So why not? Exactly. No doubt. And Patrick, um, real quick, before we wrap this up, I always like to end it off just by asking, what's your why? I want people to be able to get a uh, get a chance to know you a little bit. Well, so I was born in, in Jamaica. Okay, and uh, raised my mom, you know, raised myself and my my sister on her own, um, a single parent. We, you know, we didn't have much growing up. So, you know, it was real important for us to, to get a good education, but also really to be in position where we could help take care of her when the time came. Okay, as it turns out, you know, she decided to get into real estate too. So she, she doesn't necessarily need me quite as much as, you know, I thought she would growing up, but my why is just, you know, I love to travel. You know, my wife and I, we, we've, you know, gone a few places, COVID slowed us down a little bit, but you know, it's the travel is really where I want to be. I'm, I'm 47 and technically I'm about semi-retired is really the, that's the reality. I'm, I'm, you know, in another three years, I probably will do like, you know, 15 hours of work at most per week. 
and you know my car washes are going to take care of the rest i'm not overly concerned um and i think everybody should be in a position where they can target that or if you know some people love to work that's great you know practicing law for me it really burned me out so i needed to find an alternative and once i got into the car wash business i knew that that's where i could you know hang my hat and feel real comfortable with the income and count on it so that's really the why I'm, i i want to get out there and travel more um you know i haven't really been to asia and uh and that's on my list i haven't been to africa I'm, that's on my list so that's those are the exciting things that i'm looking forward to awesome well Thank you, everybody, for listening. Patrick, thank you so much for your time. If anyone is interested in reaching out to Patrick, go ahead and uh, check out below. Patrick, thanks again. Thanks, Paul.